following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Come on, are you excited to be in church on Sunday? Some of you are really excited. Some of you were praying for about being excited. Um, and then, no, it's good to, good to see you today. It's Sunday. How's your weekend been? Been good? Listen, y'all gonna have to loosen up a little bit. How's your weekend been? Yeah, there we go. My weekend's been amazing. Thanks for asking. Um, I have been thinking about how amazing last Sunday was, as you've already heard, 88 people took the plunge in water baptism. Come on, y'all. God's up to something amazing. Christian Life Kids is reopening full steam. Yesterday was unbelievable, and some of you won't care about this as much as I do, and that's okay, but my nephew, Caden McNicholas, got engaged to a wonderful lady, Jessica Signs. Caden serves on our dream team behind the scenes, running cameras so often. If you don't know him, you should know him. He's an amazing human. His fiance, um, you all know her, whether you've actually physically met her or not. Jessica is the one that does our video announcement, so you all know who she is at least, but they got engaged yesterday. So now that I've told you all the good stuff, can I share with you um, that there's some things in life that hurt me? Now, this is not really that serious. I'm just gonna kind of build it up and make it be serious, okay? So y'all go with me. But are there some things in your life that hurt you, that just kind of cut you to the core. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't bother you, but it does. Like, nobody knows it bothers you. Even your wife doesn't even know it bothers you, but it does. Let me share with you before I start to preach today, one thing that hurts me. Now, I've been on staff here 14 years. I'm a homeboy, this is the only church I've ever known, grown up in this church, right? 37 years, this is my church, like, I love it. But as long as I've been on staff here, now, Pastor Johnson on the other hand, let me, let me rephrase. There, we get a lot of requests around the church, a lot of requests, I'm telling you lots of requests. Can I tell you one of the main requests that we get is for Pastor Johnson to sing a song. Yeah, mm-hmm, yep, that's cool. So in 14 years of me being on staff, can I tell you what has never, I don't know how you people don't even send this email in, I don't know. Like we've never gotten one request for me to sing a song. And it hurts. My wife doesn't even know it hurts. I've never told anybody how much it hurts me, but it hurts me. And today, I'm feeling a little wild. What are you, Pastor Randy, you even stayed up here for me. Pastor, I know you love me. Thank you for, you know, I've always wanted to say this because I've always heard like good preachers that can sing. They've always said this and I've never been able to say this. Pastor Philip, you've never said this either because I stand by you in worship. You're awful too, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. I've always wanted to say this. Pastor Randy, key of C, hit it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. 
thinking this is going to be like the blood of Jesus song or something. I'm going to hit you with something that you're not expecting. It's going to hit you at your core. Akuna Matata. Yeah. What a wonderful phrase. Akuna Matata. Yeah, this is what you dreamed of, isn't it? Ain't no passing craze. It means no worries. For the rest of your day, it's our problem free. Y'all got to get louder than that. This, this is as good as I can do. Philosophy. of you picking up your cell phones, emailing in right now, request for me to sing next Sunday. It's not happening. It's not happening. That's all. Pastor Randy, they thought they were going to get like an anointed song right there. Instead, they got Lion King. Thank you. So today, this is what you call a wonderful transition. I want to preach a message entitled, Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata, it means no worries for the rest of your days. What would your life look like? with no worries? What, what would your relationships look like if you just stopped worrying? How would your life be if you stopped worrying? And did you know, listen, I understand that the Old Testament is full of laws. We got the 10 commandments, but did you know that Jesus in the New Testament would do more than just say, hey, if it's convenient for you, if you feel like it, don't worry. Now, he would actually make a statement that would be much stronger than that. It would, it would be a command. And this is what Jesus would say in one of his earliest messages in one of the most profound sermons that he would preach. We're all familiar with it. He would say this in the book of Matthew chapter six. Therefore, I tell you, do not, eh, if you want to, go ahead. Feel free, please. Do not worry. This is, what Jesus would tell you and I, to which some of us would say, can you even command this? I mean, really, is this a legit command? Can you tell us not to worry, Jesus? Do you know the state of our world? Do you know what we're dealing with right now? And you would have the audacity, Jesus, to tell us not to worry. Hmm. With a global pandemic, with racial unrest, with the major political divide. Don't, don't worry. Do, do not worry. And I have a feeling that there's a whole lot of people, and listen, it's not, I'm not talking outside the church. I'm talking about in the wall, in the four walls of the church, in the lobby, people watching online, that worry is running rampant in your life. You'll walk out of here if you're not careful worrying about what's gonna happen. You'll go to bed, not be able to sleep, worrying about tomorrow. You'll wake up, worrying. You'll drive to work, white knuckled on the steering wheel, 
worrying. You'll work while you're worried. You'll get back in the car, drive home, walk in the door worried, go to sleep worried, only to get up and do it all over again the next day. Our society, come on, let's be honest, let's talk for a minute. Our society is in a state of worry. And if we're not careful, it's a perpetual state where this doesn't end to the fact that where some of us have gotten comfortable with worrying. So much so that it's like, it's like the air that you breathe. You're like, man, if I'm not worrying, then I ain't living. I gotta have something to worry about. I gotta have something to fret about. I gotta, I gotta have something to be anxious about. And so I don't think today I need to convince you that you worry. I think we, we've all convinced ourselves of that. I think we need to dive into the word of God and find an alternative to the worry that we deal with every single day. And so let's dive in, let's go a little bit deeper in the passage of scripture in Matthew chapter six of what Jesus would tell, tell us. He says, therefore, do not worry about your life. Stop it. Do not worry about your life. Now, this is gonna be a little weird for some of you, but what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. And Jesus, right off the bat, y'all, goes straight to the heart of the issue. He goes straight to what worry is all about because worry is about later. Worry is about future, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. And now he chooses eat, drink, and wear because for first century Christians, this was a, this was a prevalent need for them. Like this was a, a worry of theirs. They were concerned about what they were gonna eat, what they were gonna drink, and what they were gonna wear. But for you and I, that is not so much a worry. Most of us can open the pantry and there's at least some ramen noodles sitting in there for you to just fry up, cook up, however you do it. You know that you can go to the water fountain and get a drink and you know that you can throw some type of clothing on your body. Oh, but we have worries. Our worries may be a little different today than they were back then, but we got marriage worries. You worried about your spouse. You're worried about your kids. You're worried if you're gonna have kids. You're worried about your job. You're wondering if you're worried about if you're gonna have a job. We have worries and Jesus says, don't worry. Because all of your worries are about the future. Your worries are about the future. And he continues to say something really amazing. He says this, is not life, or let, let's make this personal, is not your life more than the food and the body and the drink and the clothes? Like, isn't your life more than than that stuff, in essence, what Jesus is saying is that isn't it true that your life is more than what you worry about? And it absolutely is. I think if you were to get front and center of the things that you spend your time stressing about, even if it seems major to you, health concerns, all that stuff, I think you would, you would say that my life is more than what I worry about. And Jesus is trying to teach us that when you worry, it's as if you equate life with the thing that you're worrying about. And this is what you and I are so good at. We, we do that so often. And then Jesus, has, all of my ADHD people will appreciate this. Jesus has like a squirrel moment. He makes this comment. He says, look at the birds in the air. What? 
Jesus, I appreciate it. I know there's, there's blue jays. I know there's cardinals, but old people, they only, they're the only people that got time to look and study the birds of the air. I got problems, Jesus. I got to worry about my job. I ain't got time for the bird. I know they're there. They're so pretty. They're so sweet. Pretty bird. I don't have time. Jesus says, look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. And watch this statement. And I want somebody to get a hold of this. Are you not much more valuable than they? Come on, ask yourself, how valuable are you? How valuable are you to the creator of the universe? And then he goes on and he says this. He says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? In other words, what is your life? What is most important to which we would say our time, our health existing? And he says, okay, let's get to, let's go to the thing that you think is most important. Let, let's go there. And he says, why do you worry about clothes? You see the, the flowers of the field, you see how they grow? They don't labor. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these in verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field and tomorrow, tomorrow is thrown into the fire, and now once again, he cuts to the heart of what worry is all about. Will he, talking about God, not much more clothe you? If he's gonna take care of the cardinal and the blue jay and the grass in the field, you don't think he's gonna take care of his children? This is what he's, he's trying to get across to us. He's saying, do you not trust that God can and will take care of you? And here, here's the key. And this is the, the issue of worry. And let me just, let me give you a little heads up. If you find yourself in a perpetual cycle of worry, I don't know how else to say it, but just to shoot straight, you have a trust issue. Because the issue with worry is trust. Do you trust that the God that you have worshiped just a few moments ago can and will take care of you? If you are more valuable than the blades of grass in the field and the flowers of the field and the sparrow, do you not think that your God will take care of you. If we are made in the image of God, can we not trust that he's got your future in mind and that he desires for you to walk out the plans and the purposes that he has designed for you? And, and Jesus punctuates this. This is actually kind of humorous, the way that he does this. He, he, he kind of plays with these, the disciples in this moment and his followers, he makes this statement. He says, you of little faith, to which I read you morons with no faith, right? That, that's how, 
But if you study, and I don't have time to break it all down, but if you study it, this is not like a spiritual spanking that Jesus is giving them. In fact, Jesus is more kind of like, do do we gonna do this again, huh? If if I'm gonna take care of all of this stuff, you don't think that your heavenly father is gonna take care of you? Oh, you of little faith, come on, let's go, let's get it together. This is kind of how Jesus is approaching this. He's saying, look how big your God is. And look at you. You're his prized creation. Come on, how big is your God? Look at how well he takes care of the planet and nature and the animals. Come on, you little people with no faith. (laughs) This is kind of how Jesus is talking to them. Can you not trust a God that has your best interest in mind? You little faithers, you. (laughs) So here's the problem. Worry is a trust issue. Worry is a a confidence in God issue. Worry is a lack of confidence in God. It's a a notion that we don't wake up every morning trusting that God is waiting on us tomorrow. It's a trust issue. So in the middle of today, what do we do? We're, we're really, really good at, maybe it's just me that's good at this. I, I won't put this on you, but I think you might be able to find yourself in here. I start work today, I start worrying about tomorrow. And so what do I do? Well, let me make this illustration. I reach out into tomorrow and I grab the problems of tomorrow and I bring them back into today and so now I'm, I'm worried about things that I can't even control, things that are, that are out of my control. And now I'm freaking out about something that probably won't even happen, but I've gone ahead and pulled it out of tomorrow, brought it into today, and Jesus is saying, hey, you little faith or people with no faith, I've got you. I will take care of you. You and I, listen, we've got to stop dragging the concerns of tomorrow into today because your heavenly father, listen, your heavenly father will be what you need today, but he'll also be what you need tomorrow. But here's where we get into trouble, right? Is that we reach out and we grab, we grab the troubles of tomorrow Bring them into today. And when you merge the troubles of tomorrow with the troubles of today, it always equals worry. That's when you start worrying is when you grab the troubles from next week and you bring it into today and then next month and you bring it into today. And before you know it, all you can do is think about it's consumed you. And that's when worry begins to take over and when the two merge. And so in verse 31, Jesus says, so do not worry, stop it. And then he says this, he goes right to the future. I love this. Do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? And then he makes this statement. For the pagans run They, the pagans run after these things. What does pagan mean? Basically in this instance, he's talking about everybody else, 
right? The pagans run after that. He's saying, stop running after and chasing after everything that everyone else is chasing after. Stop, this is, this is what the pagans do. They reach into tomorrow and bring their troubles into today. And he says, stop. Don't reach after everything that everyone else is reaching after. Verse 32, and he says, and your heavenly father, your heavenly father knows that you need them. Your heavenly father knows. Your heavenly father knows. How would you, how would you respond if you knew with absolute certainty, without a shadow of a doubt, that your heavenly father knows. I'm not talking about, you know, that, that you know how the future's gonna turn out. No, 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 I'm talking about a certainty that you know that he knows. What, what if you laid your head down tonight and you're thinking about the problems of tomorrow, you're thinking about the problems of next week, you fill in that blank, whatever that looks like for you, relationship, jobs, children, whatever that is for you, and you heard, you heard the voice of your heavenly father just whisper to you, I know. Some of you would freak out. That would be the first thing you would do. But once you were done doing that, how would, you, how would your day be if, if you knew? Once again, it's not the certainty. You, did, you don't know what the future's gonna hold. He doesn't give that to you. He doesn't tell you how it's gonna all work out, but you knew without question that he knew exactly where you were, that he knew exactly what you were worried about tomorrow, that he knew exactly what you were worried about one month from now and what you're gonna have to face. What, what would you do if he just whispered, I know. Wow. And Jesus is telling us, man, I, I know that you're gonna struggle with, with fear and, and anxiety. I know that you're gonna worry about the things of tomorrow, but I want you to understand, I know. I know where you are and I see you right where you are. And then, and then Jesus gives us this alternative. This is so powerful what he says next. Verse 33, he says this, but seek First, <laughs> but seek first. Greek translation is this. Are you ready? Run after something different. Seek first or run after something different. See, worry is chasing all these things mentally and emotionally and trying to manipulate and bring things into reality. But, but he's saying that's what everybody else chases after. Stop chasing after what everyone else is chasing after. Let me give you something else to chase after. Seek ye first. I wanna offer you an alternative. Instead of seeking things that you can't control, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things, he's talking about future. All of these things will be given to you. Your heavenly father knows right where you are. 
He knows exactly what you're walking through. He knows exactly what you're worried about in tomorrow. And he's telling you, listen, if you will stop running after those things and chasing after those, and if you will seek me first, seek the kingdom first, all of these things will be added to you. In this next little, little passage, Jesus does something that is so powerful that I think is a, a very applicable um, lesson that you can apply to your life every single, every single day. Jesus relabels all of your worry. He relabels all of your worry. Here, here's what he says in verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. So here's what I want you to do. The thing that you're tempted, and you know what those things are, the thing that you're tempted to reach out of today, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's next week, and you're, you're tempted to reach and grab a hold of them and bring them back into today. I want you to fill the blank in there. Therefore, do not worry about your relationship. Therefore, do not worry about your boss. Therefore, do not worry about how the meeting's gonna turn out. Therefore, do not, you, whatever it is for you, fill in the blank. Do not worry, and Jesus relabels it to tomorrow. And here, here's how I know this, because you're not really worried about paying your bills. You're worried about tomorrow. You're worried about what happens if you don't pay your bills. Where am I gonna live tomorrow? Right, it's not so much the bill. It's about what happens if I don't take care. What's my future gonna look like? You're not so much per se worried about the surgery. You're worried about what tomorrow looks like if something doesn't go right or if you don't have a complete recovery or if they don't get it all. You're, you're worried about what, what tomorrow, you're worried about how it impacts your tomorrow and your future, whatever it is that you have a tendency to reach out and grab from tomorrow and bring it into today, Jesus says, let me give you a little tool to help you. He says, I want you to relabel all of that stuff tomorrow. I want you to, I want you to put a new name on it for tomorrow because you know what I've told you about tomorrow? Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about your relationship issue. Do not worry about your children. Do not worry about, I want you to relabel it tomorrow. And I'm telling you, you know what I'm saying about tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, <laughs> we'll worry about itself. Why? Because each day has enough trouble of its own. This day has enough trouble of its own. Why are you grabbing trouble from tomorrow and bring, you got enough to deal with today. And you're trying to drag it all into today and it's why you're frustrated. It's why you're anxious. It's why you can't get over it because you're constantly grabbing and pulling it all in today and you can't control it. And Jesus says, rename it for tomorrow because I've already told you what to do with tomorrow. Do not worry about 
tomorrow. So fast forward to the end of the life of Jesus and he is, he's giving this speech to his disciples literally hours before he would be arrested. And they are, they are worried. They are, I'm telling you, when I say worried, you gotta imagine the situation that they're in. They are extremely, extremely worried. He starts telling them things like, um, I'm gonna go away. No, Jesus, uh, you're not going away, I'm sorry. We have left everything that we have to follow you. I left my fishing boat, my family. They think I'm kind of crazy right now because I'm following after you. I don't have anything except for you. And you're leaving? We're going, no, you ain't going with me. Yeah, no, no, we're going. No, you can't go where I'm going. Not right now. Do what? And you can imagine the, the panic that ensues. You can imagine the, the worried state and the anxiousness of their minds and their souls. They're worried, and at the very end, Jesus leans in and he says to them, and this is, this is so powerful. He says in John chapter 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. I know I'm leaving and I know you're worried. I know you don't know what tomorrow holds. I know that you don't know what the future holds. And I know, I know right now you are reaching out into next week and you're grabbing some stuff and you're bringing it into today. But let me tell you this, do not, listen closely. You're gonna need to hear, do not let your hearts be troubled. And he goes straight to the heart of what causes us to worry. He says, you believe in God, but believe also or trust also in me because the issue of worry is trust. It's do you trust me with your future or not? I know you worship me on Sunday, but will you trust me with your Monday? I know you worship me in a church setting, but what about when you walk out of the church building and it seems like everything's going wrong? Will you trust me? Would you stand with me? And not too much time would pass. And Jesus would be crucified. Can you, can you imagine the worry of those closest to Jesus now? Oh, you think they were worried before? Well, now it's actually happened. The one that they had, had been breaking bread with and sitting around a campfire with and talking with, he's gone the one that they had left everything for to follow him, and now he is gone. Can you imagine the panic? They're trying to figure out what next week's gonna look like. Okay, how am I gonna make money for my family? I gotta get back home. What's the travel arrangement gonna look like? People, they are chasing me. They're, they know that I'm a follower of Jesus. He's just been executed. They know I'm associated with him. They're coming after me. They're reaching into tomorrow, grabbing stuff and pulling it into today, just like you and I. They're literally, there's so much uncertainty in their life. They're running and they're hiding because of what's going on. They're worried about their own futures. 
then there was a slight turn of events. Y'all, and this, this is where the game changed. This is where, this is where everything changed because Jesus died and they were panicking and they were worried and they were frustrated and they were anxious and they were reaching, pulling into today. But now <laughs> something, something has happened because the same Jesus that died and was buried, the stone has been rolled away. And now Jesus has come out of the grave and he's defeated death, hell, and the grave. Hang on, hang on, but, but it's, it's different for them because they've been breaking bread with Jesus. And so now in this moment, when they see that he's not in the grave, suddenly in a moment, the whole idea of not worrying about their future makes sense. Now, now because of what he just did, trusting him with their future makes sense. Why? Because when you've broken bread with a man, when you've rubbed shoulders with a man, when you've sat around a campfire and had conversations about life, about lost people, about things that you don't even understand, and he begins to talk to you about where he's going and what he's gonna do. And you're looking at him like, yeah, whatever. Okay, I don't know about all this. This is getting crazy now. When you've associated with someone so closely and he's predicted his own death, he called his own shot. But here's the best part. He didn't just predict his own death. He predicted the fact that he was not only gonna die, but he was gonna come out of that grave. And so what do you do with somebody that predicts their death and their resurrection and it comes to pass? What do you do? You trust him. I don't have a choice. See, I've rubbed shoulders with him. We've broken bread. We've sat around a campfire and he told me about these things. And I was like, I don't know how it's gonna happen. And it happened. And so now, you know what I know about Jesus? The disciples are saying that I can trust him with my future because I know that what he said, he's gonna do. And guess what? You move forward to the book of Acts. Guess what happens? You got a group of followers of Jesus who realize that he is who he says he is. I'm not gonna worry about my future. I'm gonna go after this with everything that I have. And those churches that were started have turned this world upside down. Because they were able to embrace the idea that, that do not worry is not predicated on your circumstances, but it's predicated on the fact that he knows where you are and he not only has your today, but he has your tomorrow, that he's got your best interest at heart, which means you and I are left 
two options. Will you choose to trust him? Will you choose to worry? Come to preach a really simple message today. But I wanna let somebody in the room know today. knows. Your spouse doesn't know. Your children don't know. You've not told a soul. But I feel his whisper in the room right now. And he's wondering today, are you going to trust me? Are you going to keep worrying about it? If you'll trust me, you'll find out that life is so much greater when you, when you give me control, just, just trust me with your tomorrows. I want to pray over you before we leave. I want to, I want to pray over you a passage of scripture. But the book of John chapter 14 starts off like this. It says, do not let your hearts troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Would you bow your heads with me? And so if you were in this room, if you're watching online, if you're in the lobby and worry has not just slipped in, but it's overtaken. It's overtaken your heart. It's overtaken your spirit. It's overtaken your mind. I want you to allow this, this passage of scripture to wash over your soul right now. I want it to speak to you in a way that maybe you haven't had the word of God speak to you in a long time. And this is what it would say right here. Peace, I leave with you. Peace I leave with you, but not just any kind of peace, not an ordinary peace. He says, my peace, I give you. Come on, do you feel his peace in the house right now? Come on, worry is leaving. Peace is entering. He says, I don't give as the world gives. And then he makes this statement, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Lord, right now, you see the individual, you see the family who is consumed with worry, that it's become just a natural habit. Every day that we wake up, we reach in tomorrow and bring in the problems of tomorrow into today. Lord, you see the person that is in need of peace. And I'm not talking about a natural peace, not a peace that they can get them on them themselves by themselves. No, no, no. I'm talking about a supernatural peace. I pray right now the peace would sweep into this room. Allow peace, the peace of God, to saturate the hearts of worried individuals. And right now, Lord, we commit to seek first the kingdom of God 
Today we choose to chase after something different than what we've been chasing after because we know that you can be trusted with our future. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done in this moment. Thank you for your peace that passeth all understanding, a peace that just doesn't happen right now, but a peace that stays with us when we walk out of these doors, a supernatural peace. Thank you for it, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. And somebody said, amen. Come on, can you put your hands together for Jesus today? Okay, you've got one, one bit of homework. Are you ready? When you're tempted this week, to reach into tomorrow and start worrying about things that are out of your control. Whatever that thing is, I want you to relabel it tomorrow. No, 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 I'm not gonna worry about tomorrow. Jesus just told me, do not worry about marriage. No, no, it's not marriage, it's tomorrow. I'm not worried about what happens tomorrow because Jesus can be trusted with my today and he can be trusted with my tomorrow. Thank you for being in the house today. Listen, don't forget about communion Wednesday night, live in-person services upcoming Wednesday. God bless you. Have a great rest of your Sunday. We'll see you soon.